is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Weirdo Seas. This is a podcast where friends and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Today, our guest is my friend Nora. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today. I just woke up from a nap I didn't expect to take, and now I'm on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a pretty chill evening. (laughs) I hope so. going to keep it nice and chill tonight. Well, Good. we're recording this at night, so whenever you're listening to this, it's we're going to do our best to keep it be a chill time. So who are we going to be talking about today, Nora? Uh, my character is named Molly Thomas. She's a witch, question mark, uh, <laughs> and a monster hunter. Uh, she's cool. She's not cool, but she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would call her cool. Okay, that you would be the first. Not you'd be the second. <laughs> <laughs> given the given the other pool of player characters, Molly is definitely one of the cool ones. <laughs> uh because um, also uh, for context, going to this episode, uh, Molly was Nora's character when we both were on the Lost Library Grayscale. So uh, this is just going to be an absolute spoiler minefield. If you are at all interested in listening to Grayscale, go check that out first and then come back. Unless you don't care about being spoiled, in which case, please proceed listening to this episode of Wayward. Yeah. That, what, what you said. This is a no-holds-barred, let's-talk-about-whatever-you-want-to-talk-about-with-Molly episode. All right. Where, where <laughs> do we start? <laughs> um... First off, since uh, since Molly is a character from a Monster of the Week game, how did you mm-hmm. pick her character class? And what uh, is her character class? Her playbook was the Spellslinger. I don't really remember why I picked the Spellslinger, but um, I just wanted to shoot magic and fight stuff. And that's mm-hmm. what that playbook is. It's basically all combat on the Spellslinger. Uh, there's like a workshop mechanic at one point, but like primarily that playbook is for... Um, it's the Dresden the Dresden Files like urban wizard playbook where you have a, you have a stick and you wave it and fireballs come out and then mm-hmm. it gets really messy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Uh... Speaking from experience, the Spellslinger is a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They certainly can be. Um, Molly specialized in lightning and entropic magic? Is that what it's called on the sheet? <laughs> I think that was what it was called on the sheet, yeah. Um, which, for her, in this context, was like... Very much inspired by the intro to Star Trek Nemesis, where green nanites dissolved people and turned them into dust. Okay. Uh, I cannot say that I'm familiar with that part of Star Trek. Star Trek Nemesis, renowned as one of the better movies in Star Trek. Um, don't, don't Google it. Tom Hardy is like a really attractive twink in that movie. Okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> duly noted, I guess. I'll store that in the back of my head for trivia contests. Mm-hmm. And in in the in the show, she like 
blasted stuff with magic and just made it dissolve or like not even always dissolve just like change the structure of the object to make it just powder mm-hmm. um and she's she got a lot of money in her intro episode and just had yeah far too much money wasn't it like ten thousand dollars or something it was like two hundred thousand or was it twenty thousand oh. i don't remember it was one of those two Either way, more money than I know what to do with as a person. Oh, um, I don't know what I would do if I had that much money. <laughs> I know some things I'd do. That's for sure. I'd sound a lot cuter, for one thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to make a really cool, like, trans girl who did lots of skateboard tricks. She cast spells with a fidget spinner. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm was a disaster because i'm also a disaster mm-hmm. i can relate to that very strongly my <laughs> spell slinger was also a disaster <laughs> uh, every every adventuring party needs to have the disaster lesbian and that is what molly brought to the table mm-hmm. along with the ability to kill a man yeah since you kind of just gave us the overview of like Molly and like how she used the Spellslinger uh, playbook. Like, where did you come up with Molly as a as a character as a person? Uh, it's purely aspirational. I would love to be a person. I would love to have figured all the gender stuff out a lot sooner in life, and also be confident enough to be that kind of presence as like. Molly is this cool punk footch girl who, like, just walks into situations and brazenly starts stuff and and mm-hmm. just doesn't really care about conventions around her and is interested in, like, doing the right thing and, uh, and, and, and like, well, started out that way. She she started to gain a lot of uh, my own anxieties and like trans fears as as the episodes went on, but uh, I don't I don't think everything that I wrote quote unquote wrote you know for her made it to made it to public viewing, but uh, and that's why we have this podcast. Exactly, so we can talk about it if you want to. Yeah. I think in the interest of fairness, like, I think everyone, I think all the player characters in that campaign picked up a capital L lot of anxiety over the course (laughs) of the episodes. Yeah. um, Monster of the Week is a very anxiety uh, system of gaming. Yeah. (laughs) Or it can be. Most of her anxieties were like, uh, not, not necessarily to do with like the monster hunting and stuff because she was like pretty confident in her own abilities and her own powers um she had some of my anxieties about being trans and about like not never having met a trans person over the age of 35 and not 
that that sort of sets a tone for like thinking about the future when you're like i don't know what it looks like to be trans as a 40 year old a 50 year old a 60 year old because i've never met anybody like that and then uh those anxieties can become like am i even gonna make it that far and so she was pretty close to just leaving town by the end of that season um Mm -hmm. just leaving town to to go to a place that was safer that was like didn't have all this uh life-threatening magic in it so she could like just try to live a normal life and like just like me she would uh she sees things like domesticity as like as a fantasy not something that is uh, given or taken for granted and so she would definitely want to go out into the world and like try to have a normal life and mm-hmm. not fear for her not fear death um yeah uh which would have been not as interesting as an actual play character yeah i i think this has come up a couple of times in the podcast before that a lot of the times, like, it's a trend that's carried over from fan fiction that, like, a lot of the times the characters that go on such big adventures in their quote-unquote native narrative, like, the, the stuff that people create for them outside of that main narrative is like, no, like, they just, they go and they have, this is them going to the grocery mm-hmm. store with their partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this, this is them going to the pet store to adopt a dog. <laughs> yeah. Creating that kind of... Creating that kind of, not like, not simple life, but creating that kind of, I'm trying to think of what's a good word for it. Normalcy? Yes, create, thank you, Nora. <laughs> creating that kind of normalcy for characters that usually are in such high stakes that they don't get normalcy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, that's the thing that I also think about as like, when I see tweets about like, what's like, one thing you want more than anything else it's like i just want to be have a normal life and like i want to wake up next to my girlfriend and we like get ready for the day and go to work that's all i really want i want like an apartment with my girlfriend with maybe some cats and that we like get to have a normal life and Mm -hmm. and not worry about like dying (laughs) Yeah. Or, or not to be too grim here, but, you know, like I said, those anxieties that Molly had were very much based on fears that I have and anxieties that I have about, like, what does it mean to be a trans person when you don't know what that looks like at a certain age? Mm-hmm. And you don't always take it as given that you you will have a... a 50th birthday for example and mm-hmm. uh so i really just wanted to as the as the character progressed after having some um some things go wrong and some some stressful like I, it was mainly the there was an episode where she like cast a big spell that took a lot out of her and it left her drained for a long time and she was hesitant to use her her magic after that okay uh, it was okay. this uh the zombie thing at the school 
there was just this incident where she had to cast a big spell to to like cleanse an area of some kind of curse or virus or something contagion yeah um and her magic is is in her blood it's it was from a weird a, a spirit of chaos tampered with a blood transfusion which is like a really cool way to get powers it's it's a really it's a really inventive way. it turns out that's my go-to i love blood-based uh magic or like mm-hmm. i mean that it, go, it it ties into like body alteration and like uh the idea of of like changing yourself in that way it's it's very much resonant with like taking hormones and like becoming this other different thing um which is kind of like what i was going for that didn't didn't really happen because we didn't really dwell on where her magic came from at all but she spent a lot of it and it like weakened her a lot for several weeks and made her start thinking about like i'm gonna die yeah i'm not making it to 30 at this rate yeah uh write what you know and what i know is existential dread <laughs> we'll make that your twitter banner <laughs> <laughs> i'll have my roommate write up in calligraphy and you can make it your banner on twitter beautiful <laughs> They say right what you know, and what I know is existential dread. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's switch to a slightly different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, because earlier you described Molly as Futch. And speaking as someone who has drawn Molly several times, she has a very specific aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Would you like to describe her aesthetic? Uh, floral punk skater is kind of like... Uh, I think I've said like high femme skate punk or or stuff like that, but it's it's not. It ended up not being very femme, like actually. Um, I am myself a self-described flower footch, and so Molly's iconic look is kind of based on my own wardrobe, which is the one really good piece of clothing I have, which is this pink mm-hmm. bomber jacket with flowers on the back. It was, like, one of the first very gender-affirming pieces of clothing that I got. And I still Aww. basically wear it all the time, unless it's too hot. Nice. Nice. I, I I bet it's probably approaching that season. But you know what? That's when you get, like, that's when you get like some clips or something you wear as a cape. Ooh. Hadn't thought of that. That's pretty good. Um, I, I, I love florals and stuff in my clothes. And I'm... I don't know... I'm not quite butch enough to be like a soft butch. I'm still a little bit fat. I'm kind of kind of in the middle, so so that mm-hmm. that bled over into um, Molly a lot. Mm-hmm. Having her have the floral bomber was a very uh, it was a very iconic fashion choice, <laughs> and it was like okay, Molly has a floral bomber and Doc Martens and her fidget spinner, and she's good mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. Just just point her at either a monster or a girl, and she will work her magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would... Gosh, that would have been, like... You know what would have been really cool to, to like, do on Grayscale? A dance at the high school. 
Yeah. Like an act- an actual dance. There were there there is some content that was never released that involved some stuff around a dance, but um Yeah. Uh Yeah, uh that's that's what happens in podcasting, you know. Sometimes stuff doesn't make it. And uh mm-hmm. you know, it's it's what is the line between cut content versus fan fiction versus like what is canon when the medium is so nebulous and disconnected it's it's all <clears throat> it's all narrative and we can get it out there however we want and mm-hmm. play around in the space yes <laughs> i was gonna do it i was for a half second i was tempted to do a griffin McElroy impression and then i was like better not <laughs> I don't want to know what that would do to my Yeah, it's, it's a really obscure reference. I don't know that your uh, audience is likely to get that one. Okay. Um, given that uh, there is some stuff with Molly that did not make it to air, what are some of your favorite things that she did get to do over the course of her time as a player character? Um... Hmm. Unfortunately, she never got to be on screen with her girlfriend. That is such a tragedy. <laughs> um, but I think the thing I'm probably happiest with on screen was the the incident we talked about a moment ago with the zombies and everything. Um. <laughs> It was nice to be able to, like, play this character and have her be in a situation <clears throat> in a situation where she was clearly competent and prepared for this specific event. Or maybe not prepared, but, like, capable of solving the problem and, like, knowing what was happening and being able to, like, mm-hmm. point out, okay, so this is David. It's my axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm gonna fix this magic thing real quick. Now I can't walk. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Oops. Yeah. Um, and then Ashley got to give her a piggyback ride. <laughs> that was very good. It was very good. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that being able to, like, be cool was, was very nice. <laughs> um, and, like, not just in the, like, I cast big spell, make big flash thing, but, like, <laughs> Like, being able to, to like, show that she is, has, like, a history and is able to coordinate people and be aware of a situation and know how to fix it. That was good. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of moments when, like, you are, when you're able to realize, like, yes, like, this is like this situation is exactly fit for my character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's do this, and it w- that is one of my favorite Molly moments that <laughs> I remember listening to. Yeah. Um, also, uh, wasn't there that bit also where she hacked a scrying spell? She did a she did a some kind of scrying spell. In like her second episode, it was like the the first full the first like action episode mm-hmm. uh, in the in the vampire club. Vampires are good. I love vampires so much. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm writing more vampire games currently, so 
that'll be fun to do. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of stuff planned for like things Molly would do in certain situations. Like I really wanted her to get a scene with Milo and um my son <laughs> um the Milo the Milo who is my son I'll phrase it that way uh-huh yes um after like it was Milo and um Michael Gabriel the, the angel Uriel Uriel yeah um really wanted a scene where I threatened the Uriel um uh I believe the line that I had planned was if you pull a sword on my girlfriend again I'll tear I'll tear your wings off with my own hands or something oh like that oh my gosh <clears throat> if if I had been if I had been if that had happened and if I had been in that I probably would have just like st- I would have been like everyone stop <laughs> and then pulled up my phone and then played like turn down for what on my on my YouTube um probably and... blown out everyone's ears but that is that that is a song that moment deserves uh she's also the descendant of another player character kind of like not direct mm-hmm. descendant but she's related to Mallory and at one point if she was con- like able to stay in town and like be convinced to stay and do more fighting and combat stuff and like mm-hmm. dangerous magic stuff, she would at some point accept that um, heritage. And uh, I had this idea for an ancestral weapon because she would like switch playbooks to the initiate. Is that okay? Okay. Is that the yeah. one? Yeah. Um, she would have a magic axe that she would summon because um, she has part of a magical family descended from the Green Knight of Arthurian legend. And, oh, I love that. Uh, she had uh, this is if if weird eye stuff and eye movements is a thing that bothers you. I'm just going to describe something very briefly. Uh, the, um, the the spellslinger has a move called Arcane Sight, and uh, it is about opening a third eye. And mm-hmm. for her, it would have been like one eye uh, flips over, and on the backside is a glowing green eye. And okay, then she would have like the the glow the one glowing eye, and be able to like do magic stuff with this magic axe. Um, Okay. It was, would have been pretty cool, maybe. That's a very, like, action figure transformation. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Alan about it, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe a year ago? Maybe yeah, six that, that, that seven, sounds, eight, that nine months right. ago? Um, but, yeah. I was... Because uh, Molly... Because the whole thing was like the uh, main uh, inheritors of that line have the MM initials. Mm-hmm. And if she took her uh, mother's maiden name, mm-hmm. uh, she'd be Molly Montebank. Okay, okay. 
And that was one of the reasons that her grandmother was so, like, encouraging of, oh, you're choosing the name Molly? Okay. 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 I support this name. Oh, Zoe. Hmm. Zoe's a beautiful name, honey, but have you considered <laughs> something, maybe something more with, like, an M sound? Uh, but, um, yeah, just... I don't know what that characterization would have been of like how she realizes that uh, Mallory is her great, 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 whatever, however many greats uh, aunt. But um, yeah, I had, I had some, okay. some ideas. Okay. No, I'm, I'm curious. Did uh, like, did Molly have like, did she have a super cool grandma? Cause that grandma sounds like hmm, you're, pick, you're like you you are you are picking your own name. You should pick it something to be superhero mm-hmm. related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she definitely had a cool grandma. Prob- okay. Probably her grandma probably punched a couple fascists back in the day. Goals, in my opinion. <laughs> um. Yeah, we all become fascist punching grandmas. May we all become fascist punching grandmas. Put that on like a cross stitch. <laughs> I'll have to learn how to sew first. I I can't help you there. That's what YouTube's for. Yeah. You can learn anything on YouTube. Like how to change your windshield wipers in the rain. As it turns out. <laughs> oh gosh. I had like... Like, off topic, one time I was driving, my brother and I were going to go see a movie and I was driving and it was raining and I had a windshield wiper blade fly off as we were driving on the highway. Mm-hmm. That happened and, to me like three weeks ago. Oh gosh, it's terrifying. <laughs> it happened and I was like, I don't know where I went, I don't know where I went, I'm going to keep both hands on the wheel. I'm going to hope it didn't hit anyone. I on the way home from work that day I like switched the blade from the passenger side to the driver's side, but then like now both sides have these lines from when the arms were like scraping the glass. And I just had to like replace the blades when I got back into town, but uh <laughs> Cars. Cars. Womp yeah. womp. Womp womp. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Speaking of vehicles, I forget, didn't Molly have a like a really cool motorcycle? Or was it a scooter she or something? Did have a really cool motorcycle. Yeah. It was a road sport, is that it? I don't remember off the top of my head because I don't know anything about motorcycles, but I found a cool one online and posted the picture. Okay. <clears throat> okay. And um yeah, because she paid, she got paid an an immense sum of wealth in her first episode, <laughs> an and I was like, "Sum of money." Well, I I I know what a a nineteen uh, year old trans girl would spend this money on. One is voice training, and one is a new motorcycle. <laughs> um, she's very cool. Her her jacket is also magic. It's enchanted, so it's uh, armor. Mm-hmm. Very important. That is something that I just like love about the spellslinger class or playbook. Excuse me, the playbook. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you're just going to have enchanted clothing. Mm-hmm. And like, she, <laughs> um, it's like magic. So I was just like, yeah, she wears it year-round because it, it like keeps her comfortable no matter what the weather is. Mm-hmm. Goals, honestly. If I could have magic fashion that made me Gosh, look good is. no matter what the weather was. Mm-hmm. First step is making me look good, and then maybe after that, make me look good no matter what the weather is. Step three is lots of pockets. Yes. Lots of pockets that are bigger on the inside than the outside. Hmm. Yeah, now you're onto something. Even if it's a small pocket, then you can, like, get your phone in there, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm gonna put, like, candy bars, a sandwich, (laughs) extra external battery for my phone. This pocket over here is refrigerated. (laughs) Oh! Gosh, that is this. Uh, this pocket over here stays twelve <sighs> degrees. This pocket over here stays one hundred and ten degrees. So, like, put my burger over here. Put my coke <laughs> over here. Just oh stuff it into gosh. my magic jacket. Oh, that is like that is the dream fashion. I just want to be like the the cool like skate girl with the bomber jacket who like pulls up at the edge and like reaches into her jacket pocket, pulls out a burger. <laughs> I think we need to go into fashion design now and make that a thing. It's magic, so it's gonna be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Take it to, like, Kate Spade or something. (laughs) Okay, I have an idea. It involves refrigerated and heated pockets on bomber jackets. Alright, so... Next year's Met Gala theme... is cafeteria functions. Food safety. <laughs> no, the, the silence that you're hearing right now is like the cogs in my head spinning because that would be actually really cool to see what people would do with it. Mm-hmm. It has to be powered by at least a car battery. <laughs> <laughs> if not an internal combustion engine. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how that would work. But it'd be real cool to see all of these celebrities be. try. <laughs> these people are rich. They can do anything. Yes. Yes. Yes, they have more money to deal with than they really want to use. So let them design their fashion that costs lots of money. Yeah. If you're not going to, like, give it to people, you might as well make a jacket with a burger pocket. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. One of the two. Either pay your dang taxes or make a burger jacket. Come on. Oh, gosh. That'll be your second rotating Twitter banner. (laughs) I'm a single issue voter, and that issue is burger pockets. (laughs) Write that on the ballot in November. get into one of those like town hall questionnaires and like hi i just have a single question it is where do you stand on burger pockets <laughs> and you know that would go viral for whichever candidate was like yes yeah it would be like how would be mm, who who would be most likely to endorse burger pockets um, Beto? 
That's that's that was my first thought too. But I was I'm, gonna say Beto or AOC probably. I'm, I'm biased because Beto has like designed his logo to look like a Whataburger wrapper. <laughs> so yeah. Hmm. Ponderous, ponderous. <laughs> Molly, huh? Yeah, Molly. <laughs> um okay i do have an i do have a super quick question before we do something else um with since you talked a bit about like how a lot of a lot of the important things to molly within the context of the game were connections with other player characters like do you have any in particular that you really enjoyed like favorite scene partners or I think in my in the episode where Kate interviewed me about Ashley, I think I called it like the misconnections thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now this is out of this is biased but out of character uh uh stuff, but Molly and Ooh, character names, huh? I I think I do still know the character names. Riley Riley's character was Minnie. Um, Emma's character was Friday. Raphael's character was Helm. Tell me when to stop. Uh, Joe's character was Owen. You already know Mallory. I think you already remember Ashley. Melissa was Laurie. Um, Alice and Aisha. Aisha, that's the name. Yes. I think that Molly and Aisha would be very cool to like to see together. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Alice is a tremendous role player, and I always love getting to like be in a scene with her. Which so I I I made a podcast where I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that podcast so that I could role play with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but Molly and Aisha, Molly and Minute. Her girlfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be a good one as well. Riley and I play off each other very well. Um, I think we've known each other for almost three years now, which is wild. That's for like so... internet friends length. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, Molly and Helm had an interesting relationship. We wanted to explore it a little more, but we didn't get the chance to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Helen is very much like an authority figure, despite being like three years older than her. Mm-hmm. If that, he's definitely like twenties, right? Yeah, I think he was something like twenty-three. Yeah, it's hey. like they're not that like except real, that... real young teacher. They're not that uh, distant in age, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was that. That would have been neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure if if things had kept going, Molly would have revealed herself to be even more of a Nora Blake character and <laughs> been a like self-sacrificing idiot hero. Um, and um tragic lesbian which is me i am the tragic lesbian it's me uh 
Yeah. Sometimes I still think about the fact that we wanted to do like a like a girls only sleepover night where everyone just <laughs> hung out hung out at Ghost Cottage mm-hmm. and had and had fun talks and we we're like yo like we like we will record it we promise to be good and we're just going to have good character time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like I'll draw all the outfits. <laughs> and and so I'm I'm still holding on to that in my heart to do at some point in a tabletop game. Yeah, that, that it's, sounds it's fun. just very good. Yeah, um, there would have been some really cool uh, character stuff out of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Molly's ever been invited to something like that before. Mm-hmm. Molly and Friday were friends, and I don't know mm-hmm. that we ever got to accept, like explore that very much either. But I think there was a little bit. In the uh, in the big graduation episode, mm-hmm. um, which was also like really, it was also like really neat for like speaking from my perspective here, like as playing Ashley, it was like, okay, there's other young adults who do this too. I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like super reassuring. And um, I also enjoyed getting to be like the cool, uh, cool gay big sister. At the graduation, mm-hmm. that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was that was a really touching moment when it's like, uh, for context here, uh, the character Friday, like her parents are dead, and she has she's living with an emotionally distant aunt. I think was it her aunt or her uncle? I I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was aunt. Okay, okay, but yeah, like her family didn't show up to her graduation. And so Molly showed up and Molly was Friday's family at her graduation. Which was very <laughs> precious. <sighs> I aspire to have big sister energy. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. I'm just nodding a whole lot because it was a very <laughs> good moment. If you, if you uh, don't have a train you want to jump onto, I have a question that we can go to. Let's go to a question. Okay. Uh, so has Molly made it into anything else that you've done? Or do you want to bring her into another campaign or another narrative? Um, I'll probably leave her behind. Um, there might be a little bit of Molly in some characters that I make in the future. Because there's a lot of me in Molly. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, a lot of the things that she grapples with are good things to to write about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Molly herself is probably done. But um, any character I make who is young and trans is going to have a lot of those notes in them. Mm-hmm. My actual play podcast now is Star Wars, so... It's pretty far removed from any of the hallmarks of that show. But mm-hmm. uh, I I think I kind of brought this up on the episode about Ashley, uh, so I also will ask it of Molly. Uh, if you got to write Molly's perfect happy ending, what would it entail? Give her a good happy ending, <sighs> or give give her whatever kind of ending you want her to have. Uh perfect ending 
I think... I think she goes on the road for a little while and is sort of a loner a little bit. Still a disaster in the romance department um, <laughs> because she's me. Uh, I think eventually she'll get into her 30s. She'll settle down in some small town and be like, some sort of queer like mother bear figure for young people and and also defend the place for monsters if that is still a thing that happens but like just be the cool trans woman who can blast people with magic and also uh i'm sure she would pick up some sort of trade along the way but probably end up in the south or the southwest and maybe be a writer or something okay uh uh and also just be some sort of activist um yeah prob probably like she might get into unions and like go around uh 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 like fly over states trying to get people to unionize and and like stuff like that mm -hmm. as someone in a flyover state i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm i'm very yeah that's that's something that's important to me as well mm -hmm. um just like being being a person who can help and protect people who are vulnerable mm -hmm. and also try to make something better out of the world. Mm -hmm. So that maybe there won't need to be another Molly afterward. Mm -hmm. We can maybe make something a little better. And yeah. maybe that means saving the world from monsters so that the magic stuff goes away or whatever, but... More more likely than that is like getting a getting a a, a county to stop gerrymandering or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the principle of scouting. Leave it better than you found it. <laughs> uh, I wonder if Molly ever did scouting. Pro was probably a boy scout at some point, mm -hmm. but. I could see her being one of those, like, cool old ladies that, like, comes in and teaches workshops mm -hmm. for, like, scouts. Like, hey, like, uh, like, uh, Miss Molly's gonna come in and teach you about, I don't know, knife safety or something for your merit badge. <laughs> she, she's gonna come teach knife safety, cut to her in front of a podium in front of, like, a bunch of Cub Scouts twirling a, a knife. Like, alright, kids, <laughs> you're not gonna be this good. You're just not. inspired i want to be that kind of <laughs> but i'm at the stage of my life where they don't let you participate 
in scouting unless you have a ch- unless you like have a child. Ah, uh, yeah. Slash, I don't know how I would actually like. I don't know what positions are available for like twenty somethings mm-hmm. in in the council. Yeah, if there are any. But yeah, that's that's her. She just becomes like a cool older trans woman activist person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. I know that you had some stuff that you were kind of like looking over before we started recording. Did you have anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover in the episode? Uh, have I mentioned that she's trans and gay yet? Did we, did we cover that? <laughs> yeah, I think we did cover that. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt to say it again. Yeah. I, I don't think that there was enough of that in the podcast. Um, uh, although, um, I, I got some very fun feedback at the time when I, like, um, described I'm that not, she I'm was... Not, I nodded so hard I gave myself whiplash. <laughs> I described her as eating, like, fried pickles in one of her first scenes, and a friend at the time messaged me after listening, like, oh, so she's trans. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta hit those pickles. (laughs) But yeah. Monster of the Week, honestly, not my favorite PBTA game. Mm -hmm. It's definitely from this weird, like... Not first generation, I don't think, but like very early in the in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely fair. I think mm, I don't know. I don't. I didn't have anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, your final question then Ooh. is. Why do you love Molly so much? She's me. And I love me. <laughs> good. Good. I figured it'd be something along those lines, but that's good to hear. <laughs> she's ju- she's just me. That's the closest I've been I've I've gotten to like a self-insert character. Um yet I'm starting to write again recently, so Yeah. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, and you're writing a lot of good stuff, so this is a good way to say it oh. too. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Nora. It is great to have you on. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Hey, you're welcome. I'm glad that you were wanting. I'm glad that you were uh, interested in coming on the show and talking about Molly. I'm glad I'm wanted too. Molly, your good daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you have places that you want to promote slash be found <laughs> on the internet. So you go ahead. I'm gonna finish my water. I have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find the RPGs that I write at NeitherNora.itch.io. Um, very proud of some things I'm putting out right now, especially as collaborations with some friends. Uh, we just recently put out Delver, which is a surrealist dungeon crawl RPG. Um, and we're working on a mech game, because everyone's working on a mech game. Um I, I made those with my friend Natalie, and I I made Space Bar, which is like a belonging outside belonging game. It's about strangers meeting in a bar. Uh, I made that with my good friend Erica, and I just 
I got lots of games happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And in 17 days for, uh, from the day of this recording, okay. on the 25th, I am starting a Kickstarter for a game. Which Ooh. is very exciting. Yes. Uh, my game Dust Wardens, which is a game of a queer community and connection in a haunted roadside apocalypse. Okay, okay. It's it's very like monster hunter road trip in a like overgrown post-apocalyptic thing uh, where you play as a group of people who have sworn vows to each other and made a coven and through those bonds uh, have magic powers. Okay, okay. It's I can dig it. It's very gay. It's very much about found family and polyamory. And, okay. Um, it's it's I've been working on it for a long time, and I'm glad to get it out there finally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Send me. I'm assuming you're going to be putting links up once this once that drops. I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will make sure that I retweet that from both from the Wayward account <laughs> and then from the. Uh, and then from obviously my personal account too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna be having like because Erica is my very good friend and the main uh, owner operator of Strike Through Press. Um, hopefully, Dust Wardens will be uh, PDF and Zine and also a soft soft cover book. Uh, I'm, I'm it's I'm trying to do everything with this one. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, neither Nora.itch.io is where all of my games are. Okay. I have a Patreon, which is Patreon.com/NoraBlake, mm-hmm. and that's where I that's that funds most of my game design stuff. And mm-hmm. I also I also do these things. They're called podcasts. I don't know if you know what they are. But that's I'm all about. The, I kind of know a podcast. Yeah. Uh, the Export Audio Podcast Network is is uh, something. Uh, I'm very proud of what we're making over there. And um, that has its own Patreon, which is patreon.com slash export audio. Uh, I do like Export Audio itself, which is a show with me and Otto, my girlfriend, where we talk about just stuff. Just usually we watch something or read something or just whatever we're feeling. Um, everything on the network, we post episodes when we feel like making them because we both have depression and her work schedule changes a bunch. So yeah. the only thing with anything resembling a set schedule is Women Living Wednesdays, which is me and my friend Erica just talking for 45 minutes every week. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing that we're making over there on that network, but I'm really proud of it. There's also a, the Good. Star Wars actual play podcast, Halcyon Station, that I run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Halcyon is next in my list of things that I want to listen to. I think it's good. I, I definitely I've, believe that it's I've good. Heard, I've heard it's very good. There hasn't been a single straight character in that podcast to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's good, I just don't know what kind of good until I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's good. I Vita and Alice and Riley are just the best. And Chris was there for a, for an arc too. He's also the best. Okay. Uh 
I guess that's all the stuff I'm doing. Okay. Catch me at Gen Con, baby. Oh, nice. I'll be there with some zines to sell if you want to buy Dust Wardens early. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be doing like four Kickstarters this year. It's just jumping right in, I guess. But so it goes. I feel like I'm forgetting something that I do, but I don't know what it would be. (laughs) I am a content creator. I'm 25. You know what it is. I'm I'm poor, but I've got a microphone and a pencil, so. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to that. The Home for Labor Doses is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pippa, and Stitcher. Our theme song is Violet by Poppy Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. And we are always looking for guests to talk about their original characters. Um, Not as much for the next month and a half because I do have stuff scheduled out. Um, But within the next few weeks, you may be uh, hearing a call for possible future guests. Uh, So keep your eyes on your Twitter and I guess an ear on this podcast at some point I'll probably make an announcement about it uh and or if you just want to send us an email give us a comment uh drop us a line if you want to do that uh and of course because this is a podcast uh, it is extremely helpful if you can rate and subscribe maybe leave a review on your listening platform of choice uh because that all helps us to beat the algorithm and to brighten more people's days (laughs) So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Free Widow Seas, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Do you want me to, do you want me to switch a train? Yeah. Okay. Let's get on a train. Hello, this is Christina, cutting back in after your normal episode of Wayward. Uh, I get to read the French promo for this week. Uh, because it is Nora's new podcast, Woman Loving Wednesdays. Uh, this is a podcast that she hosts with her friend Erica. Uh, episodes clearly come out on Wednesdays. And uh, from what I can gather, it is essentially a podcast where two ladies just get together and talk about stuff that they enjoy. Uh, episodes do come out every Wednesday. So if you're interested, uh, you can find that wherever you can download podcasts. Thanks.